Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Poppy Schwartz, and you are in the lane. Man, it felt so good to say those words. I've been holding on to that for months. You're listening to my first full episode. Big time we are, baby. We are Hollywood. Let's rock out. Let's talk about this horrendous game that the Miami Heat played last night. If anything, it should have reminded you of a 90s New York Knicks basketball game with us because that score was 93-83 for the Dallas Mavericks. We went into last night's game as Heat fans looking at Andre Iguodala starting at four, and every single one of us knew that was not the answer for this team. And Spo figured it out pretty quickly. Andre played for 13 minutes and four seconds. He put up five shots. He hit 20% of his shots. He hit one three, which was a godsend because uh, if your name wasn't Kelly Olenek, you were not finding the net. You were finding the front of the rim, which I'm pretty sure isn't orange anymore, and might be bent. So hitting a three, very good, but clearly not the option at four. Uh, Something about Iguodala on defense bothers me. It might be his age. It might be the lack of lateral quickness that he has. But the fours that are in the league today, he's not prepared to deal with in a starter's capacity. Andre Iguodala is a great substitution player. Man, when we threw him on Giannis last year in the playoffs and he was grabbing that ball and getting steals, it was awesome. And he has the quickest hands in the league. Maybe Jimmy's are faster now, but we'll let them fight about that. We did find out that he's not our starting four. So that moves us to a place where we need to find a real starting four for this team. I will not talk about KZ Akpala. Not because I don't want to, but because I don't have enough information to understand why the hell KZ isn't playing. And I'm sure this pisses more people off than myself, but there has to be something going on. Spo play Tyler Hero as a young cat, and he played him big minutes. Hell, he played him big minutes in the playoffs. It's unheard of for us, right? So why can't KZ get some time during the regular season? It has to be something going on in practice. It has to be something going on behind the scenes. There's no real reason that KZ Akpala would be held out from this team that doesn't include he's not being consistent. And from the quotes that we see, he's not being consistent, guys. I don't want to see Mo Harkless. I saw seven minutes and 37 seconds of Mo Harkless, and I wanted to vomit profusely. What is it about Maurice Harkless that doesn't work on this team? I've seen him play excellent defense. I've seen him spot up shoot okay on other teams. But here it's not a good vibe. And maybe Mo needs Mo time. But I don't want to see no Mo of it. He's had enough time with me. I'm coming today to talk to you about two things. And I referenced one of them in the trailer. If you listened to it, if you did, thank you. One, Precious Oshawa is this team starting for, in my opinion. And if that didn't frustrate you, I'm sure this will. Tyler Hero needs to find the bench. Now, before you destroy me, let me explain myself. Every rumor about the Miami Heat is centered around a trade. 
a trade for James Harden, a trade for Victor Oladipo. Um, I've seen some DeMar DeRozan talk. The reason that our brains auto-complete these types of players are because they can shoot the ball, whether at extreme distances or mid-range, efficiently without the use of a ball screen which means they can play make, which means they can get their own shot. You hear that term used a lot. They can make their own shot. What does that mean? It means when a play breaks down, when it is a man and it's his defender, that there's enough in the offensive player's bag to attack that defender and get a quality shot. A quality shot doesn't mean that it's wide open. It means that for that player, it's a shot that he has a higher percentage chance to make than to miss. That's the reason most people want James Harden, because there's not a shot on the floor that James Harden doesn't love. There's not a shot on the floor that DeMar DeRozan can't make, usually. It's not shooting that's our biggest concern. We probably have the best shooter in the league as it sits right now because Steph Curry doesn't look all there yet. And his name is Duncan Robinson. Now, Duncan Robinson probably pissed you guys off last night. Let me explain what's happening here. Duncan's playing 33 minutes and 27 seconds. He took eight shots. He took eight three-point shots. He was one of eight on those shots. He shot one, two, five. He shot 12% from three. Duncan Robinson is busting his ass. He's working so hard on every handoff action to get two inches of space against an excellent defender in Tim Hardaway, who every time he plays us looks like a first ballot Hall of Famer, you can throw him in that conversation with Terrence Ross. Duncan is dying out there. He looks exhausted after 10 minutes of play. The thing that this team is missing more than anything else isn't a defensive big man. Would that help? Absolutely. but we can outshoot someone if we need to score points. That's what this team always did. And we can't shoot to save our lives because our shooters can't get a decent shot. When Duncan couldn't shoot, he did everything else. Six rebounds, six assists, or I'm sorry, six rebounds, three assists, one steal. He was still plus four in the day. Duncan Robinson gave you everything he had. Now we have to work for him to get him easier shots. And the only way that we can do that is by finding a player that has similar gravity. And gravity is an annoying term now because it's almost been memed to death. But we need someone that the defense has to account for strong enough that they might send help if they're rolling towards the rim. That person isn't going to peek off of Duncan. Whatever, whoever Duncan's defender is, is staying with him. So you might be asking yourself, well, Tony, if we get someone to attack the defense, Duncan's defender is staying there. Yes, unless we force them to rotate. Now, you hear bend the defense a lot from people, and you might not know what that means, so let me explain. 
if we were to run a play and the man with the ball was to attack the basket and he was crafty enough with the ball that he could get himself to the rim. Usually what will happen is a defender that is close to that person driving, if they require the attention or demand the attention, they will come to help. And that's help defense, right? So you'll see someone slide in to help defend the basket. So you have the man that was defending the offensive player and maybe a help defender. Now what that does is create space. And what Jimmy Butler did last year so well was drive to the basket, gain the attention of two defenders, and then do what? Kick it. We would kick it out to a shooter, either in the corner or at the top of the key. Drive and kick was the name of the game. And we did it so much that I think Heat fans got pissed off. But understand it was the game plan. Jimmy Butler's percentages at the rim were not as high as Duncan Robinson's at three. Duncan Robinson was so damn efficient last year that any shot that he wasn't taking drove Spo crazy. That's why you would see him running down the court to yell at Duncan if he pump faked out of a shot. Even a shot with a hand in his face is a good shot for this team. So Jimmy would drive towards the rim, the defense would bend, and then Jimmy would kick the ball. And a defender would have to close out to the person that just caught the Jimmy pass. Now a team is running, and this is called rotation defense. So now we are rotating defenders to close out. This is when the extra pass comes in. So let's say that Jimmy passed the ball to Kelly in the corner, and then Kelly passed the ball to Tyler, who then passed the ball to Duncan. At some point, the idea is that rotation defense is going to be slow enough that one of those shooters is going to have a pretty good shot. It might be contested towards the end, but our guys are so damn good that you trust them to make it with a hand in their face. So what's different this year? Why does the offense feel stagnant? The handoff actions still work, right? Bam and Duncan are still on the floor. Why does it feel so weird? The next best action that we have is to drive and kick. And we can do that off of so many different disguises, but it's still at its core drive and kick, and it's not there anymore. So this brings me to my next point. I think Precious can do some of that for us. I know Kelly can stretch the floor, and I know Kelly looked okay last night. He played at a plus nine. He had eight points. He got some rebounds. He got some steals, some assists. Blocks. Hell, God, that Kelly, that's really good blocks. I didn't even remember blocks. He could play that role, and he could stretch the floor, but the problem right now isn't the damn spacing, guys. The problem is the way defenses defend us. And we're not making it hard on them. We have one option and then one wild card. Tyler Hero is a wild card, and he's so damn good at playing that role. But our best option is Duncan Robinson shooting the ball from three. If we put Precious in at four, he seems to live and die aggressively. Getting him rolling to the basket is a threat. Defenses have to account for it. He's not the biggest person in the world. He's not Shaq. He's not demanding that much gravity. 
But if he gets one or two lobs, you have to consider peaking him. Now, all of a sudden, if we have a defender that comes down to help when Precious dives the rim, we can run the damn offense the way it was supposed to be ran. And all of those triple off-ball screen actions that we used to love so much that got Duncan wide open for shots, or Tyler wide open for shots, are back. Andre Iguodala is older and slower. He's not attacking off the bounce the way that he used to. The move here for me is move Precious to four. Now, you also heard me say, I want to move Tyler to the bench. And that might have made you shut the podcast off early. Let me explain. I don't want to move Tyler to the bench to bench him. I want to move Tyler to the bench to get him his numbers easier. Tyler's best asset is his off-ball scoring ability. I understand we want to make him a playmaker as well and put that in his bag. And we will. He got 29 minutes last night. You have to play Tyler Hero. Moving him from the starters doesn't mean he'll get less minutes. When he's subbed in, he'll just play with the second unit after he's his first sub. The lineup I really want us to go with, and hopefully this will make more sense once I talk about it, is Avery, Duncan, Jimmy, Precious, Bam. Avery played 17 minutes and 38 seconds. He was 5 for 8. 62%. He hit two threes. He was our best player last night. He was aggressive. He was playing hounding defense. An incredible, incredible hounding defense. He literally looks like the most annoying defender I've seen, besides Marcus Smart. Avery Bradley deserves to start on this team. And Precious plays with so much heart that he deserves to four here. Tyler won't sit long. We're talking, let's see, what did Precious get? 12 minutes? He probably isn't going to get more even if he starts. Tyler comes in seven minutes into the first quarter, stays there until halftime. Then we play a similar role with him in the, the second half. He's getting similar minutes. Tyler has the most elite floater at his age I've ever seen. The angles that he gets that thing off at are incredible. But guess what? When he drives the lane, and when he's in the lane here with us, it's always a floater. Yeah, sometimes there's a crafty reverse layup, but he's just not strong enough to attack the rim the way that we need the rim to be attacked. Tyler's best asset is shooting the damn ball off the sidesteps, off the crafty behind the back dribbles. That kid's a killer. And we need to put him in positions to kill. The best way you can do that by having him come off that damn bench to play a role that he understands already. I know we want to make him a playmaker. If you want to put the bench unit in going into the back half of the second quarter and run Tyler at one, do it. But for now, let's put him out there and do what he does best at the beginning of games before we get put down 20. And that's my biggest thing, is we're always playing down 20. 83 damn points. 
with one of the greatest shooters in the game, 83 points. So that's where we're at today, people. That's how I feel. I wanted to explain the lineup that I envisioned. I wanted to explain why I wanted to move Tyler to the bench as best as I could. I wanted to explain why I wanted Precious at four. Now, the only other thing that might be coming up is how the hell are we going to play Tyler off the bench and Goran Dragic? Great question. Goran fits wherever the hell Goran wants to fit. Goran is actually one of the best players on this team for limited minutes. We saw him in 28 minutes last night, and his play declined with longer stents on the field. So very clearly we see that he's not our starting playmaker. He can be the best energy guy in the league. Is it possible for Goran Dragic to actually get a sixth man of the year? Maybe. But I want Tyler to be our sixth man. So the way this would work in my mind is Tyler would come in first sub for Precious. Everyone moves down. We're running the starting lineup that we ran in game one, which would be Tyler, Duncan, uh, Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, Duncan, Jimmy, Bam, and uh, I forget our fifth star, Avery. And then Goran is subbed for Avery. And then when you want to get to the bench unit, Goran can sit to recover and Tyler can run the bench, which I'm assuming would be Harkless, Nunn at shooting guard, Kelly, um, maybe Miles, maybe Bam would get some more minutes at that point. I'm not a rotation expert. This is just the way I'm envisioning it. And unfortunately, I have to keep looking at it this way because I don't know what the hell is going on with KZ Akbala. And maybe we'll get some clarity on that later. Tyler right now scored, what, 11 points last night and his average for the year. Is 13. No, 15, sorry. 15.8 is his year average right now. His average last year was 13. We're limiting him. That number could be so much higher. He's here to score. Yes, he can play make, but he's here to score. I want to see this kid kill. I just want that number to be 18. I want him to score 18 points a game. If he could score 18 points a game, if Bam can score 18 points a game, this team is taking off. 